you. It's a stupidly small podcast. Payday Thursday, the eighth of October. Thank God, I was eating two minute noodles again. Every Wednesday is two minute noodles and a can of brine. How are you going, Lauren Clark? <laughs> similarly, similarly. Yes. How was your brine? Do you know? You know when you think of a meal that's you know basic. Uh, yes, it's called dinner. You do kind think of, of that sort of like. Uh, you know, having a just a just you know baked eggs on toast, baked egg, baked eggs, baked, baked oh. beans don't on you, toast. Did you mean like Mexican <laughs> eggs and yeah, a uh, right. clay pot? Don't to... you think um, <laughs> baked prawns <laughs> on a oh, bed it's terrible. of peasant food? They call it. I think they call it tapas in some parts of the world. <laughs> Anywho, oh. I always think of those foods as like and sardines out of a can. Always think of that as like gives you a strength. There's something really, yeah, like kind of... It's Funny you talk about food and sardines and tuna and all that sort of stuff yeah. because uh, I'm about to chew your arm off uh, oh. the day to a fat club. <laughs> How's fat club going? Well, uh, I, I think I mentioned on Monday that I was breaking into sweats. Yes. Uh, that was because of the 30 million degree day we had had in the uh, spring. Yeah. Currently, I think I'm going through many withdrawals <laughs> and uh, one of them being sugar, wow. booze, wow. food, um, butter... Water. I can actually have water because you can see it shooting out of my pores <laughs> towards you. <laughs> what? what? I'm like one of those sprinklers. I could just lie on the grass in the park and I'd probably get a, a payback at the end of the week. Look, right. I, you, I, you and I have clashed about this many times. But we don't you, clash. But, you know, ideas clash and ideas clashing is good. That's why we've got this, the Festival of Stupidly Small Ideas coming, coming up. Coming we will inevitably clash on some ideas, and I think that's an important part of any, you know, working human relationship. But clashing, you really of ideas, okay, and just working through stuff. Like that's how ideas. If you don't clash in some way about some things, hmm. then how are you going to know exactly where you sit? This is the thing about critique and criticism, and like. Thinking through something. Can I just say that one thing about that? And yeah. I'm just listening to what you're saying. And, yeah. and being, you, this is, I think, you know, you and I are, are essentially the human version of chalk and cheese. <laughs> yeah, right? I think we might be right? sometimes, yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> you know what? But my chalk and your cheese yeah. can uh, talk to each other. Right. And maybe be critical. I could say, hey, uh, you know, cheesy, you've you got a could. bit of mould there on the left-hand you, side. You could do that. And you, you frequently do do that. Well, yeah. well okay. Yeah. And <laughs> but, but you don't take it to heart. You consider that a part of normal intercourse as far as uh, mm. verbal sort yep. of chattery, right? Yep. And it, it's, I've discovered over the last couple of years yeah. that is not the norm. Yeah, To, it's to be critical is considered an attack. Oh yeah, no. Quite often that is mm. the case. Yeah, that is the case. And but I think that's why being like sometimes you frame, you figure out fairly quickly how to frame your criticism mm. in uh, in a lot of like you, you learn to do this. For instance, I've learned to do this through directing people in theatre uh-huh. because you can't. You can't kill someone's confidence because that's where – because you're working with actors or comedians. I've done a, directed a lot of comedians for festival shows and stuff and you can't actually um, – you, you need to, in order to work with these people and in order to want to work with them in the first place, you need to be working with somebody who's got good instincts, who's got uh, – 
there's a lot of what's going to work about the show is going to come from them. So you've got to enable them to be the best version of themselves but critique everything about what they do. <laughs> right. So you kind of can't go and this is wrong and this is wrong and you're not doing this right and this is terrible and, you know, mm. you need to actually figure out what's working and explain what's not working in the context of that. How do you apply that to everyday living though? Well, and I think some people just can't, ca- can't cope with that. Right. And some sorts of work encourage critiquing and being critiqued because I'm quite good at being critiqued too like I you know don't well, you get your nose out of joint but you wear it well <laughs> no in a work context mm. and it's funny because I started working on something recently with a co-writer we're not writing the same thing but we're writing different things as part of the same project mm. and and as soon as I found that out and found out that I didn't know the person I was quite I was like how's this gonna go because it could go either way and and she, but she straight away took us one meeting and she said, oh, by the way, I'm not precious about any of this. So wow. if you want to tell How me. How good is that? Oh, my God. I married that is, her. That should, be the, that should be the opening line to any decent relationship. Definitely. I'm not precious about this. I don't because cr- criticism yeah. isn't and shouldn't be taken personally. I mean, unless it's poor criticism. You see, yeah. like, And if it's poor criticism, then you should be uh, – then there's the, that's what the conversation is. The conversation is, um, yeah, I don't agree with that criticism because of X, Y, Z. Stu is like, <laughs> Stu is about to pass out from not eating and being sweaty. Well, it, it's and Thursday. <laughs> could, you, could you leave the sweaty out? Sorry. We spoke about this <laughs> three days ago. I mean, I'm happy to take all criticism except... Except that you're sweaty. Uh, you look like a disgusting uh, New York cop in summer. But <laughs> sipper wits, perhaps. But, um, yeah. It's... I'm, I'm thrown now because you just said I was disgusting. I did not say you were disgusting. I, we were talking about criticism and if you can't take criticism or no, if the criticism is bad or it's ill thought through, whatever, then you've got the right to say that you think that. And I also why. think the criticism, if yeah. it comes from someone that you admire or respect, yeah, I think it uh, means the world. Yeah. If it comes from someone that you think is like a, a, a squash piece of chewy on the side of the road right, and that you never liked anything they did in the first instance, yeah, it would be impossible to accept criticism from that a well, piece of chewy. Well, it's funny because if you get – so if you do it to continue my show um, analogy, well, not, you are, it's not you are an analogy. Like, but, but you are showbiz. Shut up. My point is well, when you, you do a theatre show or a mm. comedy show, what's going to happen if you play your cards right is you get reviewed. How you then deal with that review mm. is extremely, um, like, it, it's kind of crucial because if you, if you see a review, so if you see the reviewer's name, you're like, oh, I'm not that idiot and stuff. Yeah. Then you can, like, out of hand just go, no, nah, they didn't like this, they got this wrong, it's always, it's always about them, blah, blah, blah. But it's good to be able to go, even, so that's, even though that's the case, is there anything in there that... I would agree with if I were in the audience or whatever the, do you know what I mean? Um, and you being able to use the critique and not feel because there's something about there's something kind of akin to a public shaming about being reviewed badly in like the major newspaper by a famous reviewer saying you know and so and so's acting was particularly wooden like you know how do you go on stage the next day not thinking. Oh my god! <laughs> How embarrassing. What makes a famous Everybody... reviewer though? 
Well, that's a good question. You know, like how can someone that has nothing you know but an opinion be considered worthy? Well, in the theatre world, it happens fairly swiftly because mm. it's a small world. And the way to become a well-known reviewer is to write scathing reviews. Scathing reviews. So just be a dick. Yeah, basically. Mm. Um, but there so are... So pretty much like the person who gave us a two-star review at the uh, <laughs> Apple iTunes <laughs> no. shop. I sh- should I be um, no. taking that to heart or should to... I look at his other reviews of other podcasts? We got one two-star review mm. from, and it was from him and he said really He's the Eltham Bureau Chief and a big good morning to Oh, him. really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he said great things. He said he loved it and stuff. And then he gave us two stars, yeah, which is yeah. why I have been telling um, you. Good morning if you're still around. <laughs> Stu because he's got oh, to hit it out on the guy. Project. Uh, <laughs> I take it, is little... he exempt from getting um, Chief Chief of the Week? Oh, well, I mean, you would have to think Yes. Bureau Chief Chief of the Week. What is it? Chief Bureau Chief of the Week. Chief Bureau Chief, which we'll be announcing tomorrow on Friday. Great. uh, Chief Bureau Chief of the Week. There's been a few people touting their wares, wanting to. And you know what? Much like the Golden Plains Festival, Mm. if you uh, offer up your band for consideration, you won't be considered. Ah, no, that's not cool. It I think cool. a bit of no. I think a bit of self promotion. No promotion. In no fact, I, no. I encouraged it, so we can't not say it. I said email us if you think that oh, you're. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, you're fired. <laughs> Finally. Finally, that's all I had to do. Cheesh. Stupid. Stuart, what? what is in my phone today is, you know how I've been enjoying reading slash when I say reading, I mean listening to a bunch of different books. Mm. Um, so I've started doing a thing where I <laughs> find something online and I start oh, yes. reading it and it's a little bit biographical. In fact, this might interest you. You know how you don't. You, you say, what's going to get me reading? I really wanted something to get me into the vibe and the groove. And, the and you hand me a book and, and say, try this. Yes. yes. And you go away and take it home and you keep it there for a while. Well, it's good when the uh, the subtly breeze comes through because it keeps the front door open. That's it. Mm. So Now that we don't get the perhaps, yellow pages delivered. Per- perhaps. Now, I did give you a David Sedaris book, so perhaps this doesn't quite work. That was funny. That was a good book. Right. Here's my theory then. My theory is... You should start with biography. Or like start with non-fiction. No, no, I'm totally non-fiction. Right. How about, but why not biography? Why don't you just go? Because it makes me sad. Why? Because I'm reading thinking I should be doing this. No, but if it's a biography about how everything's gone so terribly wrong and everything's been. Well, I've probably done that as well. So I'm either reading about. Oh, really? So you compare yourself to the person. Don't you just kind of get. Into the no, the vibe of it, or the no. kind of no, I don't. Particularly if it's a well-written one. Anyway, it's not, about the, it's not about the quality of the writing, or obviously it is, but the story is paramount. And yeah, sorry, that was my phone falling <laughs> over. What is <laughs> no that longer was in your my phone? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> should buy your little uh, iPod dock thing that can hold it up rather than the uh, elaborate strands of string you've got. <laughs> but um, no, I, I just think uh, I don't want to read about this guy who or p- a person basically who has or hasn't achieved and has yeah, like, had a crack and I don't want to read your story. I don't know how you did it. I'm sick of it. 
But it's not, no, but I think you're thinking of like <laughs> Pat Cash's autobiography or whatever. Oh, you're no, thinking that, of was like... a, that was a ripper. <laughs> I especially like the way when he came up with the checkered headband. You know, no, he used to wear a white I mean? one, but then about... one day I spilled a bit of texture on you're, the... Uh... You're thinking of a certain kind of biography where it's about kind of like overcoming, you know, I was just Rags a kid from the sticks. As you and I have always said, we've always enjoyed how everybody... Yeah. Starts talks about how they're a kid from the suburbs. Oh, they are. And oh, then, I, the, oh, and you know, nobody understood me. Then I was I, just uh, a kid from the heard suburbs. Heard this, well, and then yeah. you know, I realised there was <laughs> no. another community out there. Yeah, that's it, or yeah. whatever. Mm. Um, and everyone's a kid from the suburbs. Every, at one, Even the one kids who are from one. Turak are kids from the suburbs. Oh, that's just a closer suburb <laughs> than the other ones beyond it. Yeah, that's it. Um, anywho, I think you—that's what you're thinking of in terms of a biography, whereas. You know, like, you know, somebody who's lived through some amazing things in history. I mentioned... Such as? Well, like even, um, you know, Roald Dahl's autobiographical works are pretty fascinating because, you know, on the one side, on the one hand, he's this guy who's written these like crazy, hilarious books for kids that will never die. They're just completely... They just won't. They will not die. Uh, But also he flew... Planes in the you know nearly died, did the whole war thing. Well, it's like, a bit unfair because like all these people that um, went on to be <laughs> famous politicians and uh, writers and stuff, yeah. all had their chance at a war. You really, know? that's um, what you want, is it? No, no, but they you know they had no other. Everyone had to go, and you know, bear in mind, millions died. But uh, <laughs> but they, they got a good story out of it. But didn't they got they a good story. And, what and, a bunch of jerks! <laughs> and it's all about the story in the end. Where's my war, Lauren? Clark? Oh my god! Really? You know what? I Where's was going to recommend war? an article, but I'm not even going to. Oh, wait, it involves a war that I wasn't allowed to be involved with. <laughs> no, you weren't allowed. Oh my god! Well, you have to be like part of the army now to get involved. Like, oh. how am I going to write a story if I can't? You know? Okay. Go travel so, overseas. Uh, you know what? We should do a call out for people who want to submit. Uh, the world's a lot smaller now, though. You know? Questions, <laughs> questions, or uh, themes or ideas for our festival of stupidly small ideas. Is. It's going to start really soon. Uh, submissions stop next week, so you've got to next Wednesday the fourteenth. So you've got to get 5 in. Five PM sharp. We're going to when, when the office shuts, we shut. We have an office. <laughs> you've got to show me that. And then we uh, we have knockoff drinks. We, we we've been asking. Where have you been? We have, have we? Oh. Staff and I. We got to talk. <laughs> Stuart Farrell. People can get in touch at stupidlybig.com, Twitter, Facebook, where it's stupidly big. Uh, leave us a voicemail, please. We love them. Um, thank Where's you to people wall? who have been doing that. And also, <laughs> Stuart, stop that. Mm. I'll see you tomorrow. Well, it's Friday. Mm. Are we going to be in tomorrow? Mm. No, we're not. <laughs> don't be surprised no. okay. if we aren't. All right, no, we will. I think we can manage it, don't you? It's, tomorrow's the earliest start in the history of podcasting yeah. in this country. Yeah. If I sleep in... Yeah. Would you stop saying where's my war? I it is the quite, most. I think it's quite a noble thing. Oh, do you? Not Nobility is what strikes you about that sentence, is it? Where's my war? Aren't you supposed to say bye bye? Uh, bye bye. <laughs>